2: At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: If it doesn't affect you, we're not interested. KFI AM 640 Los Angeles, Orange County.
2: And
3: KOST HD2.
1: It's 5 a.m. What did you miss?
3: It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones Lee. Well, good morning. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Steve Gregory, often sends a, what they call a, a slug. So what's he's titling his story. And uh, the story that he covered yesterday was that giant pot bust. <laughs> it was slugged LA County big ass pot bust. And he nailed that one because the LA County Sheriff says a recent operation in the Antelope Valley has shut down 205 illegal pot farms and destroyed 17 tons of marijuana. Boy, I I hope you like it hot. If you are in the Antelope Valley today, I've got some temperatures for you today, but they are going to pale in comparison to what I've got coming for you this weekend. And a volunteer group said, okay, we're going to go clean trash up around Lake Tahoe after the 4th of July. I want you to guess how many pounds of trash were removed from Lake Tahoe after the 4th of July. Just keep in mind, people were excited to get out and about and celebrate again. 505, we'll talk with ABC's Jim Ryan. Well, we knew that it was gonna happen any day now, and I guess in some ways I was kind of surprised it didn't happen earlier. But now that rescue mission at the condo collapse site in Florida, has turned into a recovery operation. We'll talk more about what happens next now in the process with Jim in just a few minutes. But let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. An excessive heat warning has been issued for the Antelope Valley, which includes Palmdale and Lancaster.
1: We're looking for an extended period of extreme heat across the entire area.
3: Meteorologist Rich Thompson with the National Weather Service says temperatures are expected to top out around 107 or 108 today, but that's going to be cool compared to this weekend when it's going to get to 115. People that live in
1: Elm are used to that sort of heat, but nothing like this. So this heat is, you know, 110, 115 degrees is extreme
3: for anywhere. The heat warning will be in effect until nine o'clock on Monday. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department says it's destroyed 17 tons of marijuana during a recent 10-day operation targeting illegal pot farms. And they
1: were all in the Antelope Valley. In 2020, the Narcotics Bureau detectives identified 150 of these illegal outdoor marijuana grows in the Antelope Valley. In 2021, they identified over 500 illegal cannabis grows. Sheriff Villanueva says they were able to shut down 205 of those illegal grows last month. He says the street value of the marijuana that was destroyed is $1.2 billion. He says more than 400 deputies were part of the operation, and they served 205 search warrants and made 131 arrests. At the Hall of Justice, Steve Gregory, KFI News.
3: The DEA says illegal pot farms are making a huge dent in the water supply and forcing prices
2: to spike. There's about 1,500. Hundred grows out there between San Bernardino County, Riverside County, and LA County at about 1,800 plants per grow. And if you just use two gallons a day per plant, that's 5.4 million gallons of water a day.
3: Yeah. And trust me, if you're an illegal pot farm, you are not signed up with the local water company and getting a monthly bill. Agent Kurt Fallon says the DEA is helping local agencies with more funding to put illegal pot operations out of business Valen says the DEA is working on new strategies to stay ahead of these types of illegal operations. Well, LA County and the Sheriff's Department have been sued by a family for the wrongful death of a man who killed himself in jail.
1: Sandra Anchando says that when detectives told her grandson that his father, Mark Carrillo, was dead, they offered details about his final hours.
3: They told him that he was pacing back and forth in his cell, asking for his medicine.
1: The family's attorney, Michael Carrillo, who's not related, says there's also surveillance footage. that shows him 20 minutes before he, he was found dead in his cell, trying to tie a ligature, trying to tie a string, and nobody interrupted him. Nobody stopped him. The says the county knew that Mark Correa was a diagnosed schizophrenic and should have been housed in a mental health unit instead of men's central jail. In South Pasadena, Chris Ancarlo, KFI News.
3: Health experts say more than 4 million people now around the world have died from COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. Now the number comes from researchers at Johns Hopkins University. Most of the deaths are in the U.S., India, and Brazil. Cal says it could find the L.A. County Superior Court more than $25,000 for health and safety violations during the pandemic. It says it found at least three examples of poor working conditions and safety measures put in place for court interpreters. Two full-time interpreters and a, con- and a contracted one have died from COVID-19. The Superior Court says it's provided COVID-19 training and insisted on social distancing for all its employees and will appeal the violation. Jim Ryan, good morning to you. We knew this was going to happen. Now we've got the operation at the condo collapse in Florida shifting from a rescue operation to a recovery operation. What made them go and, and change it? What was the kind of demarcation line?
2: Well, time, for one thing. It's been two weeks now exactly since the building yeah. came down. Uh, the the time was working against those searchers out there who were trying to find people surviving. Uh, they also were able to get a better look after that remaining structure was taken down. A more thorough search was done, and uh, they, the the searchers realized that there was just no space. There, were, there weren't these voids or these spaces where columns uh, were leaning against each other, for example, or, or that that uh, someone could have survived in there. It was simply the building pancake down on top of itself. And so, therefore, I think that it was just the the practical consideration that there's just no way that anyone could have lived through this. But you're right, Jen. I think this was something that uh, was anticipated uh, long before now, uh, they never did really find any signs of life, no rapping or knocking or voices or, or anything like that. And so I think it was just a, a realization. And it and really, it's much as anything, it's psychological, really, uh, because they're still in a, in a recovery operation. You know, whether they're looking for people who survived or people who died, they're still looking for people, right? Yeah. They were carefully going through that oh, yeah. pile of rubble and, and trying to recover the remains of as many people as they can to make uh positive identification and to give some sense of closure to those, uh, those poor families who are waiting for word about their loved ones, Jen.
3: You know, that was one of the comments that was made by one of the people at the news conference yesterday where they were saying our sole responsibility at this point is to bring closure. And I don't know why, for whatever reason that just sort of, ugh, that was a gut punch that he concluded his um, statement with. There is no chance of life. Yeah. And I just can't imagine if you're one of the family members I think until my loved one's remains were pulled out of there and positively identified, I think I'd still hold out hope. I think that's just our human nature. But gosh, to hear those words, I can't imagine like you said what that, you know, how that played with somebody's psyche. Uh,
2: absolutely. It, it's something that they'll never forget. And especially if if, if the remains are never found, there there will always be that question, what if? Maybe she maybe he wasn't there. Maybe she was off somewhere else altogether. Uh, and you still have that question among some people because they know that about seventy people were actually in the building. They know that much as far as people who who are positively known to have been inside. There are more than a dozen or so who might be somewhere else. You know, the police are calling around and trying to track down people who may or may not have been inside the building. You know, they may have been at uh, relatives clear across the country or something and just haven't checked in. So there is still that that doubt in some people's minds, I suppose. Um, You know, I was I was thinking about this uh, when. And and maybe it's just apocryphal, but I've heard that if there's a firing squad, if a, a person is is put to death by firing squad, you've got five riflemen there. One of them has a blank. The other four have live rounds. Right. And you never know which one had the blank. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so there's always that question. There's always you know, that ch-
3: yeah, that know. chance, that question. Ah, uh, Jim, that's a, that's a great point. Now, when it comes to the numbers now, where are we with the numbers as far as bodies pulled out?
2: 18 more victims were found yesterday. The uh. numbers have gone way, way up uh, since that other section was taken down. And by the way, since Tropical Storm turned Hurricane turned Tropical Storm, Elsa moved through and now is gone. And in fact, by midday yesterday, the skies had cleared out and the, the search uh, was back on full force, 18 bodies found yesterday. Uh, The official death count is at 54, and again, there are as many as 86 still
3: unaccounted for. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. Take care. ABC's Jim Ryan. I still, I just can't imagine, you know? You're one of those family members. You are holding out any tiny, tiny, tiny bit of hope. And I think I would, I think I would hope that, okay, maybe my loved one just is on vacation and has no idea and and doesn't have self-serve. I don't know. I think I would justify it in my mind, but it's just all so sad. All right. An appeals court panelist heard arguments about whether to overturn a lower court's order that everyone on Skid Row be housed by the end of October. L.A. Alliance lawyer Matthew Umhoffer says an average five homeless people die every day.
1: It's an irreparable harm. It makes the balance of hardships favor the plaintiffs powerfully in this case.
3: But L.A. County Attorney Mira or Hashmal told the panel yesterday the county's trying to its best to get people housed. Based on the robust record showing the county's activity with regards to its homeless initiative and with Measure H, it is moving mountains to try to address this crisis. President Biden is back in Washington after a trip to Chicago to promote his social and economic agenda. Biden spoke about his vision to invest in things like childcare, healthcare, health care and education, and he says he has a way to pay for it. If we put in
1: place a minimum 15 percent tax on the profits of corporations, the ones that didn't pay any tax, that would raise a quarter of a trillion dollars.
3: He says ending tax breaks for fossil fuels would raise $90 billion.
2: I'm not going to do anything that, that is
3: unfair. Biden also has been making the case for the infrastructure deal reached by a bipartisan group of senators and the White House. Well, the fencing put up around the U.S. Capitol after the attack in January is set to be taken down starting tomorrow. The House Sergeant at Arms says the decision was made with recommendation from police and the process is supposed to take about three days. Even though the fence is coming down, the Capitol will continue to stay closed to most visitors. A thirteen year old boy has survived a drive by shooting in South l a Police say he was standing outside his house about ten thirty last night when two people drove past and shot at him. The boy was hit twice and was taken in the hospital, taken to the hospital where he's in stable condition. Well, the Vatican says Pope Francis has temporarily run a temperature three days after his intestinal surgery, but he's doing okay. A Vatican spokesman says he's eating and moving around unassisted. The spokesman says the Pope had a fever episode temporarily last night. In Indiana, experts trying to find the cause have ruled out the bird flu and West Nile virus. In Pennsylvania, some question whether pesticides or even cicadas could be to blame. That's ABC's Andrea Fujii with a story about... What wildlife experts are doing to investigate what's making birds sick in the eastern U.S.? Apparently, there's a mysterious illness that has killed hundreds of birds, including robins, blue jays, cardinals, finches, and sparrows. Now, experts say they don't know if the sick sick birds can transmit whatever they have to each other or to people. And finally, if you went to Lake Tahoe for the 4th of July, and I actually have some friends who did, You people are slobs. (laughs) A volunteer group says nearly 1,500 pounds of trash have been removed from Lake Tahoe. Did your mother not teach you that when you go on a picnic, you always take a trash bag along with you? The League to Save Lake Tahoe says people celebrating the 4th of July over the weekend littered the lake with cigarette butts, food waste, beer bottles, and inflatable pool toys. Okay, inflatable pool toys are costly. Take those home with you. The group does ongoing cleanups as part of the Keep Tahoe Blue campaign. Come on now. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Aaron katurski Remember that horrible shooting in 2017 at that church in Texas where a former member of the Air Force went on a shooting rampage, killed 26 people, wounded almost two dozen others? Well, now a judge has found the Air Force responsible for that shooting because of its failure to report the shooter's background to the FBI. So we'll have Aaron explain everything that went into the judge's decision. Also coming up, I've got your chance to win $1,000. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Thursday. Your weekend is just around the corner and I'm telling you, it's gonna be hot. An excessive heat warning has been issued for the Antelope Valley, so that includes Palmdale and Lancaster. Ugh! I hope you guys have your AC checked, your fans, your water, because the National Weather Service says temps are expected to top out about 107 or 108 today. And that's nothing because over the weekend, you guys are gonna be around 115. Those are like my summers in Reading. Uh uh. The heat warning will be in effect until 9 on Monday. And the LA County Sheriff says a 10 day operation in the Antelope Valley resulted in the destruction of 17 tons of marijuana at 205 illegal pot farms. The sheriff says the farms are connected to Mexican, Armenian, and Asian crime groups. The sheriff says the marijuana had a street value of $1.2 billion. He says during the operation in June, more than 400 deputies served 205 search warrants and made 131 arrests. 535, we'll talk with ABC's crime and terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett. There's been a startling increase in the number of police officers killed in the first six months of this year compared to all of last year. I want to talk with him about what has caused this increase. And remember those stories you've heard about, this mass exodus from California, right? Well, if this study is true that I'm about to tell you about... Um, maybe everybody isn't leaving California. Maybe everybody said, yeah, I'm going to leave California. I hate this place. It stinks. And then when it actually came down to brass tacks, they went, no, never mind. I don't want to move. I want to get the movers and the trucks, whatever. And have you seen the new logo for the city of Los Angeles? Personally, I love it, but I'm also a giant fan of Miami Vice and a giant fan of the eighties. That should give you a tiny hint as to what this logo looks like. So if you want to check it out, it's on my Twitter page, JJLKFI. I put it up there last night. Already people are telling me what they think about it and whether or not they like it. So check that out and uh, let me know what you think. We'll talk about it in the next segment. Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Aaron Katursky. Aaron, it's hard to forget that horrible 2017 shooting at that church in Texas where a former member of the Air Force just went on that rampage, killed 26 people, wounded almost two dozen others. And now a judge has found the Air Force 60 percent responsible for the shooting. How did he come to that decision?
1: Well, he said the Air Force failed uh, in its responsibility to alert the FBI about the shooter's history of of violence. Uh, Devin Kelly, before he went on that shooting rampage in Sutherland Springs, Texas, had um, been court-martialed over over domestic abuse. Uh, He had made statements about wanting to shoot up members of his own service. And and had the Air Force alerted the FBI and its background check system, it's uh, it's more likely than not, the judge said, uh, that Kelly would have been prevented from buying the the gun he used in the mass shooting.
3: All right. So this judge now, what what is the I guess the Air Force said uh, re- in response to this?
1: Well, the Air Force thought it was um, it was not liable in the way the the. Um, the judge said it was because the, the the government government agencies are generally shielded from the same kind of liability, um, and and may not have the same reporting obligations as others. Uh, that's what the ar- that's the argument the Air Force made. Now the judge rejected it, saying that uh, that in fact the the Air Force did <clears throat> have a responsibility to alert the FBI and and the background check system about Devin Kelly. And and it failed to exercise what the judge called reasonable care.
3: I think that um, when I read a little bit further into the things that Devin Kelly had been accused of, um, of not only assaulting his wife and stepson, cracking the child's skull, those kinds of things. You sort of thought, I, I mean, I did anyway. I thought to myself, what do you mean that wasn't reported? Are you kidding? Any any person, not even just a member of the Air Force, Air Force, this should have been reported. This is kind of crazy that it's not. But I have a feeling that any agency out there now who has heard this story and has seen that the Air Force is being held you know, in the majority responsible for this is going to think twice before not reporting something.
1: Well, I, I think that that may be the hope, um, and and of course the the ruling, you know, it's it, it, it's a little bit, you know, it says the Air Force is responsible. Devin Kelly is responsible for the mass shooting. It's it's on him, but but this is for a civil lawsuit now, as families of victims try to collect some damage awards, and 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 they'll be able to collect some. It seems uh, from from the government now, from the Air Force.
3: All right, Aaron. Thank you for that. I appreciate the update. Thanks, Jen. See you later. ABC's Aaron Katursky. Mm. Just such a sad story all around. Especially when you find out that things have just fallen through the cracks. And that may be the case. There may have been no malfeasance. There may have been, it might have just been somebody didn't report. But look at what, either being sloppy or falling through the cracks, What, whatever, whoever is responsible for not reporting Devin Kelly's background to the FBI how that could have changed things. It's just, it's its a little bit goosebumpy when you think about it. All right, let's switch gears because right now it's your chance to win $1,000.
1: KFI has your chance to win $1,000. Text the nationwide keyword, <laughs> GRAND, G-R-A-N-D, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's GRAND to 200-200.
3: Don't forget, if you are the winner of that $1,000, you're going to get a random call. It's going to be a number you don't recognize, but please pick up the phone because I want you to win the money. See, if you don't pick it up when they call you, they'll move on to somebody else who will. And I want you to be the big winner. I want you to be like, look at what a wake-up call gives me. Your next chance to win comes at 720 here on KFI. Ooh, I've got a couple of pieces of political gossip, I guess you could say. And uh, it's on both sides. I've got one that accuses Kamala Harris's um, office of being effed up. And one that alleges Kimberly Guilfoyle has some uh, questionable behavior at some Republican fundraisers. So let's start with the Kamala Harris one. So there have been all these weird leaks in just a week, there have been three different reports. CNBC had one, Politico had one, and this one came in the San Francisco Chronicle. Multiple people allegedly threw around the terms S-show, you know what I mean, in reference to Harris's office. White House officials apparently are incensed about this political Politico expose that found allegations of a lack of support and abuse from 22 staffers, officials, and other associates, both past and present. They say, according to this Axios report, that the internal turmoil and woes in the vice president's office have been brushed off by Biden officials. And they say the president's trust and confidence in Kamala Harris is obvious when you see them in the Oval Office together. But... I think the damning thing in the Axios interview comes from an identified Democratic, unidentified, I should say, Democratic operative who is among those in the Democratic Party that they say they worry that Kamala Harris couldn't beat the Republican nominee if she were to become the 2024 presidential nominee. Uh, So anyway, I, I think that that's bad when things start leaking this early on. Now, (laughs) you want to talk about leaks. It seems that some uh, Republican Party mega donors uh, got more than they bargained for when they spent some time with Kimberly Guilfoyle. Now, remember, she used to be Kimberly Guilfoyle Newsom, Gavin Newsom's ex-wife, now dating Donald Trump Jr. Wow. All right. So anyway, according to this book, she is an HR nightmare. And that officials complained to Politico that Guilfoyle underperformed in her role and horrified donors with what they described as her lack of professionalism. So there's an expert from a new book by Michael C. Bender, the Wall Street Journal's White House correspondent, that alleges that um, Miss Guilfoyle often gave donors an unwanted glimpse into her private life with Donald Trump Jr. I'm just going to say that uh, some of the stories include... Wearing a cheerleading outfit, um, phrases like naughty boy, letting him out of his cage, possibly referring to Donald Trump Jr. as Braveheart meets Honey Badger. (laughs) I can't make that one up. Honestly, if she did say that, I don't know how she made that one up. That's just good stuff. All right. When we come back, we're going to get much more serious. We'll talk with ABC's crime and terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett. There's been a startling increase in the number of police officers killed in the first six months of this year compared to last year. I want to find out what has changed to cause this increase. KFI AM everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on a Thursday. Welcome to it. Thanks for joining me this morning. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee and some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Well, we hit the 4 million mark. Health experts say more than 4 million people around the world now have died from COVID-19. Since the start of the pandemic, the number comes from researchers at Johns Hopkins University. Most of the deaths are in the U.S., India, and Brazil. And Cal OSHA says it could find the L.A. County Superior Court more than $25,000 for health and safety violations during the pandemic. It says it found at least three examples of poor working conditions and safety measures put in place for court interpreters. There were full two full, full-time interpreters and one who was under contract who died from COVID-19. The Superior Court says it's provided COVID-19 training and insisted on social distancing for employees and plans to appeal the violations. News is brought to you by Reuter Hero. Let's say good morning now to ABC's crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. Brad, this is uh, pretty disturbing. An increase in the number of police officers killed just in the first six months of this year compared to last year. The increase is startling.
0: Yeah, you look at 37 police officers murdered in the first six months of 2021, 47 murdered in the entire year of 2020. And that's also with an uptick in the number officers shot and the number uh, killed ambush style. So, it's, you know, it's really an assault on the police that Jennifer is driven by, you know, a multitude of factors.
3: All right, let's go over some of those because immediately you think last year, okay, a lot of us were inside. We didn't go outdoors as much. But during that same time, you had the Defund the Police effort happening.
0: Right. You had protests, Defund the Police, anti police rhetoric. You know, the rhetoric was both from the public and from some politicians. Um, And this drumbeat to Defund the Police, if you combine all of those and then the overlay, of course, is the anger and rage that's going on in this country where people have just really stopped being rational with each other, and they just want to be mad. They want it their way, and they don't want it any other way. And so you you, you play all that together, and you end up with this sort of toxic mix of anger rage in some communities, distrust of the police. Um, And you get these numbers. And my big concern, Jennifer, is that I think these numbers are not going to go down for a while. We're we're sort of in a, you know, I guess a cycle where we just want to be mad.
3: I think that um, last year when we all watched Derek Chauvin put his knee on George Floyd's neck, there was an outrage and it should have been an outrage at Derek Chauvin, not cops across the board. But that, I feel like, is what sort of um, stirred the pot. People got mad at anybody who was wearing a badge because this hatred that they had for Derek Chauvin seemed to be then misplaced and put on anybody who was walking around in uniform.
0: Uh, There's just no doubt. And and think about how this plays out, Jennifer, sometimes on a daily basis of – Social media immediately gives you a 10- or 15-second clip of behavior by the police, whether it's a shooting or something else. You don't know what it is in context. <clears throat> they may have done a bad thing, but they may just as well have not done a bad thing. But it adds to, if you're on one side of, of this story or the other, it's gonna, those types of videos are going to drive you a particular direction or justify your anger and rage and distrust distrust of the police. You know, the big word here that's lost is respect. We've lost respect in some communities for the police. And we've also, in general, lost respect for each other.
3: I think, honestly, I think that that's the bigger issue. I'm so glad you pointed that out. The respect that we have for one another just seems gone and I don't know if it was after the pandemic we were all holed up in our houses so we forgot how to behave we forgot our manners I don't know what it was but the the difference that I see in people as we all sort of emerge again is really striking
0: oh it's striking I mean just look at January 6th as that sort of is broken down daily the 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 people that were on active duty in the military, retired police officers, active duty police officers, fighting, injuring fellow police officers for whatever they believe was going on that day in the Capitol, that basically the world was going to end if Donald Trump didn't remain as president. I mean, it's like it didn't matter if he wasn't there, then everything else is just gonna go you know is our way of life is going to get wiped away because that's how the, this is what this this is driven by unbelievable letter, level of distortion but boy trying to overcome all of these these things we you and I have mentioned and there's more to this boy it 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 in the short term i just don't see it doing it
3: what could a police department or a community do to try and maybe lessen some of this hatred, whether it be neighbor on neighbor, whether it be uh, against police officers. Is there anything that we could be doing? Shoot, is there anything you and I could be doing on a daily basis in our neighborhood to try and just, uh, you know, I don't know, reach out? I know that's very Pollyanna of me, but is there anything?
0: Of course. The idea that you'd even, you know, get together. I mean, in this tight little neighborhood I live in in Washington, we have we started during COVID, my wife started this, uh, block gatherings. So people come out of their house. We stand, you know, stood in the street with masks on, had a drink, didn't have a drink, talked. The kids played in the street. You know, those type of things. That's just you and I and our neighbors. But how do you expand that? I mean, the police, I, I, I know what they're up against. And there's some neighborhoods they don't even want to go into. Or if they go into them, they're not going to get out of their car unless they have to is that you eventually have to figure out ways to use the police in a positive way in those communities. And that's why you have after-school programs, rec centers where, where cops will get together with kids and play basketball. Now, that can be, obviously, to your word, Pollyanna-ish when you think about what neighborhoods we might be talking about, but it's things like that, where the where the public sees positive things out of the government, whether it's politicians whether it's the police, whatever it might be, you know, and it's we're a long way off from doing all of that. But I, that's where we have to go. Where does the media play a role in this, in both
3: the good and the bad?
0: I think a substantial role. I mean, if, if you want to just basically rage against whether it's President Biden, President Trump or, you know, the folks on each side of, of that line, but you don't really want to talk about resolution. You just want to talk about being, it being your way. It, it, the big word here, again, is entitlement. People feel entitled to get whatever they want. And this distortion of like, okay, President uh, Biden got elected. The, the, the pro-gun people thought you know, he's going to seize all our guns. Well, of course that's never going to happen, nor has he ever said that was going to happen. But that gets so pumped up in media circles, you know, what, whatever direction you go and whatever you listen to, because people tend, and you know this, they listen to whatever they want to hear. Oh, yeah. Not what sort of is a, is a better well-rounded picture of, well, I don't have to agree with you, but I do have to listen to you. And that's what we don't do. Absolutely.
3: Brad, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the discussion this morning. Talk soon. Take care. Thanks. See you later. That's ABC's Brad Garrett. It just kills me. Have you noticed even when you go to the grocery store, is it going to break your face to say excuse me or to smile? will Will your skin crack? Is it going to break your fingers to hold the door for somebody or to say thank you when somebody holds the door for you? I know I am a giant stickler when it comes to manners and politeness. Debbie Jones, you beat this into me when I was a child. But oh my gosh, the number of people whose manners have absolutely gone out the window lately after COVID. mm, If you see a cranky blonde girl in a supermarket in Rancho Cucamonga, you did this to me. All you had to do was say thank you. Hold the door. All right. Uh, so, So have you seen LA's new logo? So imagine it's a setting sun. It's very 80s. It's very Miami Vice colors. It's teal and pink and purple with a yellow setting sun. And it says Los Angeles. Well, I love it. And there are people on Twitter who love it. Sophia says, I'm obsessed. Frank says, he's not disappointed. Andy says, the new logo for Discover LA is spot on. Then there's James who says, feels like they applied the Miami Vice font to the new LA logo. Max says, the new logo for LA tourism is going to time warp us back into the 80s or die trying. <laughs> <sighs> and Tom says, this new L.A. logo looks like what you'd get if you asked a Midwesterner to design it. And all they knew about L.A. was Baywatch. Fantastic. Tom, you have my favorite. But uh, check it out. It's on my Twitter, JJLKFI. I love it. Then again, anybody who has seen the clothes that I wear or the hats that I wear, it, it this is totally my jam. So... You know, I anyway, I say good for you, L.A. tourism people. And stop being a hater. Good time back in the 80s. Good music there. All right. We come back. I've got your biz bites this morning. Amtrak says it's got a plan to transform the future of rail travel, and it really is putting its money where its mouth is. We'll see if this works. Also, I have the strangest story about John McAfee. Remember McAfee software hanged himself in a prison in Spain after he found out he was going to be extradited to the US on tax charges recently. Okay. If that doesn't sound wacky enough, it just gets wackier. I've got a ghost hotel that John McAfee was apparently staying in, a Bitcoin farm, and the cruise industry is back in a big way. You heard Clark Howard talking with Handel yesterday. And it is offering now one of its cruises for nearly a third of an entire year. I'm not kidding. A third of an entire year. Nick Pagliocchini, would you go on a cruise for four months, roughly? I mean,
1: can I broadcast traffic from there?
3: <laughs> oh, look at you. Always a company man. I love it. You know, what can I say?
1: I'll try. I mean, I, I don't know what the internet signal is going to be like there, but hey, anyway. Oh, all
3: right. that, yeah, that's it. The, the only the few cruises I've been on, I literally watched the Powderpuff Girls in my room because that's all Ooh, I could get.
1: The Powderpuff I'm, Girls. Look at you, JJL. I
3: mean, granted, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it, but still. Okay.
1: I appreciate that. Ain't nothing wrong with that.
3: Then you left Unless I stuck by I'm very disappointed Police officers Nobody took me up on my offer Nobody hit me up And asked for handles License plate number I would have given it to you You could have given him a ticket for something I would have told you there was something in his car <laughs> Uh. Handle, by the way, is off this morning. Wayne is in for him. So we'll start Handle on the news in just a couple of minutes. But right now, let's go ahead and uh, see if you're a little snacky this morning, shall we?
1: It's time for Biz Bites. Bites of business. Biz Bites on Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones Lee.
3: Oh, Amtrak, I, uh, I don't know. I hope that you can put your money where your mouth is because Amtrak says... It is going to change the way we know travel. I'm paraphrasing here, but it has made a $7.3 billion investment in new trains and infrastructure that it says will transform the future of rail travel. It's got 83 trains, some of which will be hybrid battery powered. These will be uh, done by Siemens Mobility. Now, the new trains, they say, will reshape travel by replacing 40 to 50 year old fleet with state of the art American made equipment. I like that. The taxpayer subsidized railroad company says its new models will have more comfortable seating and amenities like onboard Wi-Fi, individual power outlets and USB ports, as well as touchless restroom controls. All right. Here is the story from the Bizarro file this morning. So John McAfee, kind of a strange dude. Let's be honest. He's a cybersecurity guy, though. He was found hanged in his jail cell. And apparently had been hiding out for years in what they're calling a Spanish ghost hotel that was owned by a Russian who allegedly used this ghost hotel to run a secret Bitcoin farm. I told you I can't make this up. So John McAfee repeatedly sent out messages that he was in numerous places across the globe. Belarus, Norway, right? But people on the web started analyzing his messages and images and traced him to this hotel in Catalonia, Spain. And it was numerous tips from images of beaches and there were different Spanish products in some of the photos that tied him to this particular Dorada Park Hotel, which they referred to as a ghost hotel. This is where no one answered the phone. You can't make reservations. And this hotel came uh, under suspicion, I guess, from local officials after there was a huge laser pointing at the sky was built on the roof right after it was bought by this Russian businessman. I, don't ask, I don't know. Why did he have a huge I don't know. However, so apparently officers reportedly found a set of computers in the basement and garages of this place that were constantly mining the internet to solve computer problems in exchange for a fee in Bitcoin, right? So that's how they said it was a Bitcoin farm. It was a ghost hotel. And John McAfee was in Spain living in some ghost hotel owned by a Russian. Microsoft is urging uh, you to... Really update your PC immediately. It says that it wants its Windows users to immediately install an update after security researchers found a series of vulnerabilities in operations. And they say update your computer immediately. And the Regent Seven Cs has a 132-night world cruise that it thinks you're going to pay $73,000 to go on. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just if you want, like, the crappy room like I normally get, right? If you want a deluxe veranda suite, it's $199,999. It's $200,000. It is going, it's 132 night cruise. It's going to go 34,000 plus nautical miles, stop at 66 ports. I mean, it sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong. But Do I want to spend four months of my life on a cruise in 2024? Just between you, me, and the fence post, I really hope that I have something better to do than that in 2024. It would be nice to have $200,000 to have a veranda room by 2024, but, you know, if not, I'll just take a little carnival cruise for, you know, 200 bucks for the weekend. This is KFI and K-O-S-T-H-D 2 Los Angeles we lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of
1: social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere.